You read it? Let's do it. Welcome to the Fantasy and Session Podcast. I am your standing host. Uh, we have, you know, the normal host is out um, today. He has some uh, classes to take care of, but uh, I will be filling in for him. My name is Carlos Jones. Um, I'm here with uh, another co-host, Antonio Barrett. You've uh, probably heard him in the offseason sometime. He will also be filling in today. Um, but welcome in, man. You know, it's the first week, man. The first week is in the – well, not completely, but the majority of the games is in the books, man. Like, how are you feeling, Antonio? Man, I feel so elated to have football back in my life, bro. So it feels so good. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sundays was like, hey, man, you know, do I want to wake up today? I don't know. But, hey, 11 o'clock come around, I know I got two hours to pick off, man. Be ready to exactly, get it exactly man no. did you have did you have that like christmas feeling bro when you woke up man it, it was still like eight o'clock you're like god damn i still got like five hours to go before uh <laughs> yeah bro I'm like this is so slow oh my god but yeah, yeah i know yeah, and like, i know you are feeling pretty elated too bro because you, you beat my ass in the league that we were facing off in you know i know it's just week one we can't overreact but still hate losing to my hey. best friend hey you lucky i don't have a drop I was damn sure gonna press that overreaction button on your ass. Yeah, yeah, I bet you were, buddy. Bet you were. <laughs> but the topic of today's show is going to be waiver wire targets. Um, you know, we had a lot of uh, you know new developments. You know, we didn't have no preseason this year, so this week one was very telling, more so than you know past years when we did have preseason. So definitely a lot, a lot to get to, a lot of targets. Um, you know that you should be trying to get on your team. And um, so and we're also gonna uh, give a couple takeaways, a few takeaways that we uh, had from yesterday's games. So um, without further ado, man, let's get into it. Um, we're gonna start off with the hey, news, hey. though. What you got? First order of news. You said what? No, I was saying what you got, man. Tell me what you got. Oh, I got you, got you, So the first order of news: Colts Marlon Mack. It is confirmed he has suffered a torn Achilles and will miss the remainder of the season, man. Bad news for the for the Mac truthers that thought it was going to be a committee all year, man. Definitely, uh, you know, you know, I feel bad for him. Feel bad for the you know the player, man. Don't never want to wish injury on him. But how do you view you know Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines going forward? Uh, it reminds me, especially with them having Philip Rivers under center or behind center, however you want to say it. It reminds me of like a Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler type of situation. Mm. You can expect Jonathan Taylor to take majority of the first down, second down. If it's third and short, he's going to get that too. But expect to see uh, Naeem Hines. I was about to call him Austin Eckler myself. Expect to see Naeem Hines lining up all over the field, in the backfield, in the slot. I mean, he's a, a dynamic player. He sure was in uh, North Carolina State. So is Jonathan Taylor. So they got a pretty dynamic backfield in the absence of Marlon Mack. But I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna split the load pretty uh, not evenly, but passing work goes to Naeem Hines. All your uh, goal line work and uh, first and second down is gonna go to uh, Jonathan Taylor. So. 
Yeah, I will say that Naheem Hines looked way better than expected, man. Um, you know, he was the second string back yesterday. Like, Jonathan Taylor didn't even see the field until the second quarter. So, you know, the guys who, you know, including me, who took Jonathan Taylor in the third round, I uh, believe got bailed out by an injury because that was looking like bad process for a minute. But, you know, that's, that's how it is in fantasy, man. Sometimes things just fall your way when you weren't really – when it wasn't supposed to, you know. I still think he would have took over as the year went on, but, you know, it, it was – Reich was – he was telling the truth. Like, it was going to be a committee, um, and Mac was still the starter. But going yeah. forward, uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think in, I think you could look at uh, Jonathan Taylor as a – at least a top 15 play, and he's going to have a lot of RB1 weeks. And then um, Naheem Hines, man, he's a great flex play week in and week out now with the uh, RB2 upside. Mm. Moving on. Mm. Browns da- placed David Njoku on IR with knee injury. You know, he uh, scored a touchdown yesterday, so he was a little involved in the um, game plan. I'm not, I don't have the stats right in front of me, so I'm not sure how involved he was. But nonetheless, um, this is, you know, I guess this says that uh, Austin Hooper is really the main guy out there. I know they have another tight end that was getting talked up in preseason. But uh, I think this shoots uh, Austin Hooper up a little bit, you know, in, in value-wise. How does it make you feel? Yeah, you can definitely move him up your rankings some more without the threat of David and Joku there, who was a, a physical specimen. Mm-hmm. Uh, without without him being there, man, yeah, Austin Hooper is going to get all those tight end looks. You can definitely you can definitely add some more uh, targets to Austin Hooper and a little bit more to Jarvis Landry now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Without the threat of another playmaker being there. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, man, like, is it time to wash our hands with uh, Njoku? It might just be, man, at least to, uh, until he gets to a uh, team that's going to use him, like, you know, make him more of a focal point because it seems like we've just been waiting and waiting. Mainly the dynasty players have just been waiting and waiting for him to, like, break out. You know, he had a lot of upside and potential coming out of college, but he's never really lived up to it yet. You know, tight ends do take a long time to break in on uh, average. But, you know, we have seen people like Evan Ingram and George Kittle and even – uh. TJ Hawkinson, who's in his second year, was looking good yesterday. Uh, yesterday, so definitely, uh, definitely have to lower expectations on him now, man. As far as yeah, Austin yeah. Hooper goes, like he does, like I know I say he does raise in value, man. But you know the way he was used yesterday, I don't know if it was just product of the matchup. You know, just one week, so we have to still wait and see going forward. But um, it's a Cleveland thing, bro. Yeah, exactly. So we'll just have to wait and see <laughs> how Austin Hooper will be used post David and Joker, but definitely somebody to um keep on your radar just to, you know, watch and see still. Did that change up the personnel? Did it change up the personnel? No, you good? Yeah, because I know they like to run a lot of two tight end sets with the uh, offensive coordinator coming up from Minnesota. So mm-hmm. does that, does that change I mean, yeah, that, I, I'm not sure what – because I haven't really deep dove into my research this week. Haven't, um, so I'm not sure what they were really running personnel-wise yesterday. But, I mean, I have heard what's, – what's the dude's name? I forgot his name, the other tight end they got, you know? Uh, nobody. No, it was somebody that was getting like, re- like, getting talked up in camp. Mm-hmm. They were saying it was a possibility that you know he would, he was number two on the depth chart. Don't have the name right in front of me, but uh, you would you would usually be the guy that tells that. But since you're not, you're not playing a producer role today, you're playing the analyst role, <laughs> I'll let you uh slide on that one. But uh, so moving on, Le'Veon Bell left game, left the game yesterday with a hamstring injury, and Adam Gase has come out and said that he isn't sure when he'll be back. So this is not good news, man. You already know that it seems like Bell is in 
doesn't really have a good relationship with Gase. So this is like kind of, you know, it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if Gase, you know, uses this as an excuse to like kind of like keep him off the field, even if he is, you know, back to health. But we'll we'll have to wait and see, man. But this is definitely bad news, man. Um, you know, hamstring injuries can linger too. So definitely want to be on the lookout for the handcuff, which I believe is Josh Adams. And we'll um, talk about him a little bit more um, later on in the show. No revenge Saints. game? No revenge game? For who? Uh, Frank Gore? Frank Gore. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a revenge. But you know what? It's at the point now where everybody's a revenge <laughs> game for Frank Gore. So I'm not <laughs> – I didn't even think about that. Like, every game is a revenge game for him. He's a revenge game for – even right. the people that he didn't play for, bro, is a revenge game because everybody was shitting on him saying that he's washed and he's still going out here making these young folks look silly in practice, apparently. So. Yeah. Uh, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, dun-dun-dun, suffers a high ankle injury in Ooh. Sunday's win over Bucks, man. You know, just like I know, high ankle sprains ain't nothing to play with, man. You know, we had uh, Saquon Barkley last year and Alvin Kamara. They suffered that type of injury, I believe. I believe uh, Kamara had a high ankle. And yeah, even though when he, even, yeah, even when he came back, he wasn't the same player for a while. So, man, I, it just sucks, man, because he's saying that he may be able to play through it, but I'm not expecting him to do that. And he, even if he does, I'm not expecting him to be effective. So definitely want to make other plans, you know, for the short future if you have uh, – Michael Thomas, which I know a lot of people do. Cowboys tight end Blake Jarwin suffered a torn ACL during Sunday night's game. Sad news, man. He was a very, very big sleeper in the fantasy community, man. So definitely not something you want to see, man. He was uh, you know, he got targeted like one time, I think, before he went down. So definitely sad news, man. I hope he gets healthy quick. And be on the lookout for some other people that they might bring in, like a Delaney Walker maybe, or, you know, somebody that's kind of retired but established. I, I wouldn't be excited, but just, you know, I just want to throw it out there. Ooh, Last Delaney bit of news. I- hey, uh, speaking of tight ends, my bad. Let me cut you off. Speaking of tight ends, I found the guy that you were looking for, and I believe his name is Harrison Bryant. Yeah, I have any stats or who's on him, but that's the guy. Thank you. Thank you, producer slash analyst. Uh, last bit of news I got is Duke Johnson is week to week with an ankle injury and is a long shot to play this week versus the Ravens. Um, bad news. If you have Duke Johnson, he's not going to play good news. Um, they're playing the Ravens this week. So you probably weren't going to blame anyway. Um, this is good news <laughs> for David, jo- David Johnson. Um, you know, you who had a great game last week, but you know, it is against the Ravens, um, but he should get a lot of volume this week. So, um, yeah. Um, that's all the news I have. Do you have anything else? Um, Falcons are trash again. Yeah, that's not news. That's like that's just, <laughs> that's just facts now. Like everybody should know that. Yeah. Now. No, it's crazy, it's man. Cool, just, man. Just just get off a little side rant real quick, bro. Like it's crazy. Like how we can go through a whole off season. We start week one and we look the exact same way we did last year. Like y'all didn't practice yeah, exactly. any of our weaknesses from last year. None. Nah, they was like, hey, uh, let's keep the weaknesses and uh, just not worry about anything else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it was just weird. We can't stop nobody on third down or fourth down for that Ooh. matter. We can't, can't stop uh, pass catching running backs. Like, Chris Carson can catch the ball, but he's not known for no damn Christian McCaffrey. Do look like Christian McCaffrey out there. So, that's a Dude, problem. Had a one-handed catch. Exactly. Had a one-handed catch. 
And then you have our offensive line still looking like shit out there. Like, you know, they did better than, you know, they're healthy. So they did a little better, but he still was getting pressured way too much for my liking for you to invest two first round picks in a, in the offensive line and still be getting pressured that much. Unacceptable. And Quinn, bro, your bro. days are numbered, buddy. Catch your days. You too, Cal Shanahan. Catch your days, bro. For real, bro. All bro, right. So. Okay. Never mind. I don't even want to talk about it, bro. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Bro. Yeah, bro. I'm already like miserable about that. So. Please save me the trouble. All right. So I'm going to um, want to talk a, about a few takeaways I have from yesterday. Don't want to get too much into it, but, you know, just a couple things or a few things that I noticed uh, yesterday. The first one, speaking of the devil, uh, Russell Wilson's past game usage. He ended the game 31 for 35 for 322 yards, four touchdowns. And then he also added three rushes for 29 yards on the ground. This was great to see for anybody who had Russell Wilson. Um, we know from history that we all know that he can pass, but the fact that is they never really used him as a passer. Um, so that was great news. Um, and then you add the fact that they were winning. They were controlling the whole game, and they were still passing the ball. Like I think uh, Carson and Hyde finished with 13 carries combined. So yeah. it sucks we got to ask me, but it was great news if you have – Russell Wilson, because you know this is what we were been what we've been waiting for. So it is just week one, so I don't want to you know put too much into it. But it's just the fact that the game script didn't really dictate for him to throw the ball like that, and he still did it. So we might just he, be seeing Mister Unlimited. Got yeah, anything to add looks, to that? Yes, he looks so efficient. Like I watched that game thoroughly, and like. There were, like, talks of him being an elite quarterback, and he proved that. Now, granted, this is the Atlanta Falcons defense, the defense that will sack you on second down and give you a first down on third and 24 or give you a touchdown on fourth and five, you know what I'm saying? So, like, let's 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 be, like, let's be real here. Like, this is – Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, but he, he's still a good quarterback. Please believe, like, when you need to move the chains, he's going to get that done. He's going to find the open guy. Like, he, he looks – Unlimited, like whatever yeah. you said. You know, he, he looks and, pretty good. The bag is big. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he only he only had four incompletions, and two of those were drops. So it's like, bro, this dude was literally very close to being perfect yesterday. Uh, just one more thing before we move on, I did pull a stat from uh Scott Barrett from Fantasy Points. Um, My cousin. Yeah, so he said adjusted for game scripts, Seattle was the most pass heavy team of Week One. Seattle passed on 65% of their plays, fifth most, even though they led for 79% of their game and led by two-plus scores on 39% of their offensive plays. So literally everything said that they should have been throwing or, pat or running the ball, and they was like, nah, we're just going to keep passing that shit. So nah, definitely something to monitor going forward. Um, if you have him, great job on still believing in the talent. But, you know, this is, this is great news. Second takeaway I got – Austin Eckler's past game involvement, man. You know this is Ooh. this is very it's very sad to see, bro. How, how many how many targets do you think he had? To, uh, does he had did he have yesterday? Yeah, is it targets? Like targets, four? yeah. Well, no, 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 he didn't have tar- No, he didn't have targets <laughs> yesterday. He had target yesterday. So he had 19 carries for 84 <laughs> yards on the ground, but he only had one target yesterday, which was Jeez. very, very. I mean. I'm not going to panic. I'm not in panic mode, but it's definitely very concerning. This is a guy who got 
I want to say he had like over like over fit. I know it was over 50% of his, of his uh, production last year came through the air. Um, he averaged seven targets a game last year and he only got one target last, um, you know, yesterday. So this is de- definitely very concerning. And this was a worry coming into the year with Tyrod. Um, a lot of people said that, you know, didn't pay no mind, but maybe they should have. Um, he only targeted running backs 5% of his throws yesterday while Rivers um, targeted over, running backs over 30% last year. So, you know, Hines is, you know, reaping them benefits now, but maybe that was part of the reason why Eckler had such a great year last year. Definitely, like I said, I'm not panicking yet, but you just want to, you know, keep an eye on that going forward because, you know, might not his, his value is going to go very, you know, low if that continues. Anything right, you should panic. Yeah, you should panic. You should be panicking right now because clearly 2020 has thrown us in a different dimension when Austin Eckler only gets one target. Now, like, the, the 15-plus carries, I think he got, what, 18, 19? Like, mm. That's cool, but like, bro, I want to see you throw him the ball because that's like a, a a half a point every time he catches it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Come on, let's be real, man. One reception, bro. That's ridiculous, man. Get it together out there, man. Come it's on. actually unacceptable. On, yeah, yeah. And uh, the coach <laughs> name is not ringing a bell right now. Anthony Lynn. Um, he did come out and say yeah. that you know that we need to make that a focal point. And I'm just reading that like no shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think you should say that. <laughs> No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see going forward, but you know, there's definitely something you want to keep in mind. My last point that I have, my last big takeaway that I have from yesterday is DeAndre Hopkins is still a target hawk. Many people, including me, downgraded Hopkins slightly after joining the Cardinals. I think I've had him at a wide receiver five coming into the year. You know, he was usually like top two receiver in ADP. Um, but the fear was that he wasn't gonna be commanding that type of target volume that he was getting in Houston. Like this is a guy that was getting 30 plus percent of the target share every year down there. Um, a lot of people thought, you know, so many weapons out there that maybe they might spread the ball around a little bit more. Maybe he might be more efficient, but his target volume will go down. That's just, that's just say we were all wrong. At least last yesterday's um, he saw 16 targets and had a whopping 43% target share. This dude almost had half of the targets, bro. So I think it's safe to say that those fears were overblown. And the biggest point about that is he did it in a tough matchup. Richard mm-hmm. Sherman was on him for majority of that game, I believe. And he still made him look silly. He showed why he is an elite option no matter where he goes, no matter who's his quarterback, man. So I personally no am viewing him as a top three wide receiver going forward. Like, no question. Yeah. yeah. Anything? He's, he's awesome. I love him. I love him. Yeah, bro. Like I have a lot of I have a lot of Hopkins, bro. And I was I ain't gonna lie, bro. I was worried coming into the game, bro. Especially in that matchup, bro. But all those worries were put to rest, man. Like this dude Hopkins is still Hopkins. Looks a little better than he did out there in uh, Houston. To be honest, you know why he looks better in Arizona? Because Bill O'Brien's not there. No. Oh, you're a genius. You're a fucking genius. Oh, thanks. Oh, you're, you're, you're kind of looking at me like oh, I was wrong. So I was yeah. kind of like, hmm. but yeah. Do you have any other takeaways? Um, uh, besides the Falcons are ass, uh, that's about it, dog. Let's get yeah. into it. These flavors, man. <laughs> that's going to be a takeaway every year. I mean, every week. So <laughs> every week you're going to hear that. Yes, every single week we lose. We're gonna hear that. Even if we win, you know, like if you beat like the Browns or some shit. I don't know if you play them. <laughs> we still gonna look like ass doing that shit. So <laughs> just be ready, listeners. 
So on to the waiver wire targets. Uh, we talked about these injuries, man. So we're gonna give y'all some targets to to add in waivers to maybe you know help you out. Maybe not take too much of a loss. So starting off with quarterbacks, we have Tua Tagovailoa. I don't even know why I tried to pronounce that last name. I think I did a pretty good good job though. He's only yeah. owned in six and a half percent of one QB leagues. Uh, Fitz yesterday he put up twenty for thirty. 30 attempts, 191 yards, three interceptions, and 18 yards on the ground. This one, personally, I feel like I am – he's on my watch list. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. I don't think anybody's going to be running out to get Tua just yet. Um, once Tua, uh, once Fitzpatrick does this, maybe two or one or two more times, and, yeah, he might be thrust into that lineup. But this is somebody more to kind of keep an eye on, in my opinion. What do you think? Uh, yeah, looking at their schedule, I believe they have the Bills next. Uh, if if uh, Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, whatever you want to call him, goes out there and lays another egg, uh, you can expect to see Tua in by, I would say, you don't want to see him against the Seahawks because that's, that's like a like, that's a loss, but you, you can probably, I see him against the Cardinals maybe. Uh, never mind. Ooh, ooh. Hey, man, they got a rough stretch ahead, dude. So, yeah. Yeah, you can see him probably like around week week six, maybe. Yeah, this is something you don't really want to do with quarterbacks is just throw them into like bad matchups for their first game. But especially this year with no preseason and especially with Tua, who is coming off of a gruesome hip injury that he suffered at Alabama last year. So I think they are going to take it slow with him, man. But, you know, they, I don't think they're trying to tank. Like the, they played New England super tough yesterday. So I believe that everybody's buying into that coaching staff that philosophy out there and you know they are they're they're making great strides i believe but just somebody to keep in mind in in my opinion who else you got they have the jaguars they have the jaguars week three so it's it's not the jaguars of old yeah it's not the jaguars of old you know so so let uh ryan fitzmagic go out here against who did i say they were playing the bills um, if he goes out there at home too, and they look bad, I know the fans aren't there, but if they look bad at home, he could be in as early as week three. But I, I don't, I don't see it given the the recent uh, major injury to a lower half of his body. Like I think they kind of want to protect their investment just a little exactly. bit more. Like his magic is on the last exactly. end of his career, so hey, let him go out there, get banged up, get beat up. Sorry, but hey, it is what it is. You know, we're gonna we're gonna protect the golden child until further notice. But Paxton. Uh Who else do you have at quarterback? Uh, we got a uh, Gardner Minshew, which I don't understand how like a starting quarterback is only owned in twenty seven point nine percent of QB one leagues. He didn't have a bad year. He didn't have a great year, but he beat out Nick Foles, which Nick Foles won a Super Bowl the year before. So, like, <laughs> you know, he didn't beat him out, but yeah. he came in, he filled in, he looked good. Let's just say before you get to it, uh, let's just say they didn't listen to Fantasy and Session podcast when I talked him up as a sleeper when. Javara talked him up as a sleeper early in the offseason. We, we gave y'all, like, multiple times to go out there and get him. Um, now you got to fight on a waiver wire for him. Go ahead. Yeah, right. Hey, y'all better start listening to these uh, pushes of the you coach. Don't tell him. We don't, we don't talk about this, man. You know, the young cats from the south side know a little something. You know, we may look kind of funny, but we ain't no fools. Hey. We'll take you to school with these stats. Hey, Andre 3000, he's the best rapper ever. But anyway. So, um, Gardner Minshew, here's a little stat line for him. Uh, he went uh, 19 for 20 for 173, three touchdowns, five rushes for 19 yards. Uh, Jafar had him down as, I think he finished as the 11th quarterback. Maybe we'll see how this week ends, you know. 
Uh, he wasn't. He didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he was efficient, highly efficient. Uh, Minshew looked pretty good against a decent coach defense. Um, like I said, he didn't he didn't throw for many yards, but he was very efficient. He only missed one pass, which is that's kind of good. That's like on Drew Brees level. Even though he threw for like he only threw it twenty times, but they still came back and beat a good team in the Colts, Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I can see him as as the season continues on. And the chemistry improved with wide receivers, specifically uh, LaVisca Chenault. That's what I think is going to be like a dark horse in that wide receiver room. Might even be on this list. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see. But um, but yeah, that's all I got on uh, on Gardner Minshew, man. Definitely like Gardner Minshew as a uh, streaming option. Maybe not even streaming. He might just be an every week starter, man. He's just keeps getting doubted. He keeps coming in and producing. Um, just a couple other things I'll add is uh, he's only owned in 28% of one QB league, so he should be out there on your waiver wires. Um, and then another stat is I know I know we all have heard these weird random stats on players. I heard a stat yesterday that said that he was the first player to ever throw for 300 or three touchdowns while completing 95% of his passes on the opening game. <laughs> like, bro, who makes these stats up? Who, who, who finds these stats? Like, I've, does ESPN have so much money that they could just hire somebody just like, hey, bro, we need a random-ass stat? <laughs> they probably brought him when it was like, first quarterback to ever throw to win a game, only throwing 20 passes. Like, no, more random. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> dig, dig deeper, <laughs> you know? But, yeah, definitely uh, definitely like Gardner Minshew, man. Um and if you're playing a streaming game, he's somebody you should definitely um, look to acquire. Uh, last quarterback I have is Justin Herbert out of the Los Angeles Chargers. I was about to say San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers. He's only on in 0.5% of 1QB leagues. The reason why he's on this list is not more so that he looks good because he hasn't played. Um, it's more so that Tyrod Taylor put up a really pedestrian – uh, stat line against the Bengals, who are rebuilding still. Their defense is not very good. And he looked like he struggled out there. Um, he was 16 for 30, 208 yards, zero touchdowns, and finished with seven yards. So I know they won the game, but it's just the fact that who they were playing, they should have beat them by a lot more. Um, like you say, he didn't target the running backs at all, and that's been a very focal point of this offense. So – you know, if he does go up against a tough defense, I don't think he's going to get bailed out like the Bengals let him off the hook yesterday. So, uh, like um, the first guy we mentioned, Tua, you definitely want to keep Justin Herbert on your radar because he may get his um, time to shine sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'd like to uh, – I'm going to add on to that just by simply saying or agreeing with you that he looked very, very, like, Bland, like he, yes. like not, he, like he shouldn't be in the league. He completed just he, like one pass kept him from being at fifty percent. You know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. was sixteen for thirty, bro. And it wasn't like he didn't make no, no big plays. Like he's a quarterback known for his legs, and only had seven yards and six rushes. Exactly. Like, and guess who they got on week two? They got the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to come in and put up about about twenty four plus. And I don't see them matching that so he too could be in at uh when i say he justin herbert he too could be in as early as week three when they face the carolina panthers at home 
And I think that's a good time to put your rookie quarterback in on a defense that's rebuilding. And they have a team coming from the East Coast to play on the West Coast. So they already got that advantage. There's no fans there, so you really can't be rattled by the noise or by the pressure. It's, it's pretty much just, it's a, 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 a exhibition game that really counts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> so, like, it may look like it may look like preseason the way these you know some sloppy play being going on yesterday, but let me tell you, it ain't preseason. These shits count. Yeah, yeah. And for Tyrod Taylor, not the target, possibly not the best weapon because I think Keenan Allen is probably the better weapon on that team. But Austin Eckler is dynamic out the backfield, and he only got one target. And I can't say that's like on play calling because I think a lot of Austin Eckler's production probably came from like check downs to Philip Rivers, like who's like really good at, at uh, progressing, progressing through his, uh, through, um, what's the word I'm looking for, love? Uh, check downs uh, his, uh, check, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's really good at that. And obviously Tyrod Taylor is not that good. Not that good at that. <laughs> definitely, definitely can get down with that, Bren. Um, Like, you know, we had our little group chat and we were, you know, kind of discussing stuff. And I said that, I was like, how long before Justin Herbert takes over? And, and Gabe was like, I don't know. Uh, he won. I was like, yeah, look at that stat line, though, man. I don't think that's – he's not going to win a lot of games with that stat line. Like, they were literally – it came down to the wire against the Bengals, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. What did, what did mean, you I'm, say? The, the Chargers are known for losing games, and they should have lost that game. Exactly. Any, anybody else, the Washington football team probably would have beat them yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? We? <laughs> football, football team. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Washington. <laughs> Our mascot. <laughs> I, we don't know. We are. <laughs> All right. So, moving on to wide receivers, who do you have as your first wide receiver target? Uh, speaking of Philip Rivers and the team that he plays for, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, I would say uh, a, a, a waiver wire target to look out for would be the. Is it was he the first round pick, Paris Campbell? Don't think he was a first round pick. I think he was second. I want to say. Well, either way, all that doesn't matter when you run like a four three. So like you know all that you got picked all that out the window. As long as you're playing and you're in the league and you run a four three, you're good, man. He's owned in twenty five point nine percent of the league. Uh, he finished with a snap count of sixty one out of what seventy four snaps. I'm not going to do the math somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm not going to do the math on that. You can you can do your own percentages. Uh, his stats against the Jaguars was uh, six of nine with 71 yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, he also added in a rush for nine yards, so that's that's pretty cool that they're gonna they're gonna try to use that speed, which which I would I would too if I was a coach. Like, yeah, guys on the team, <laughs> right? Speed kills, man. And uh, one thing to, uh, to add was uh, Campbell had tied uh, T.Y. Hilton, who's the best wide receiver on the team, in nine targets. Caught six of them and led the Colts with 71 receiving yards. And like I said, alluding to that 4.31 second 40-yard dash time, he's a big play threat on that field, and you have to look out for him. You got to account for him or he will burn you. So what you got, Lowe? What you got on that? Definitely agree with that, man. Just watching that game, that was one of the games I was able to watch yesterday, and he looked really good out there, man. Um, Nine targets is great to see. And then the snap count is also great to see. Um, this is an every week starter, if this holds true. Um, 61 out of 74 is in the 80% range. So he's going to be on the field a lot. And 
as we can tell, he's one of uh, Phillip Rivers' favorite target. So just that classic, you know, rookie comes in, gets a season into injury and is left for dead. Like this, he's still talented. He's still the same guy. And now he's healthy. So um, definitely, I agree. This is the my top um, waiver wire ad at receiver. So if you are one of those Michael Thomas owners, Paris Campbell might be able to hold you off with the way they're being he's being used. So definitely like Paris Campbell, man. Uh, moving on to the next wide receiver, I have Russell Gage, somebody else that we kind of talked up throughout the, the offseason. I know Gabe did. He was talking him up every chance he got. He's only owned in 2.9% of leagues, bro. That's insane from what he got yesterday. Um, he was one of three Falcons receivers. We all got They all got 12 uh, targets. Um, he finished with nine uh, catches with 12 targets, 114 yards, finished. Uh, as of now, he's the ninth receiver in week one. Of course, that's something to change with this Monday night game. But definitely somebody you want to keep in mind, man. Like, he's – yesterday just showed that we're going to pass the ball a lot of times. And, you know, one point that we tried to hammer in throughout the offseason was that we had the most vacated targets. Um, a lot of people were saying Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst had an okay game, but – Maybe, just maybe, Russell Gage might just be the beneficiary of Austin Hooper leaving. So, definitely like him as a uh, waiver wire target this uh, this week also. Um, moving on, do you, uh, who's the next guy you got? Man, I got. Uh, I think we, uh, I spoke about him earlier uh, under Gardner Minshew, and uh, this is uh, LaVisca Chenault, the rookie out of Colorado University, or is it the University of Colorado? It's one of those major schools in Colorado. I know it's in Colorado. I think it's, was it Boulder? Boulder, Colorado? Something like that. It's the one with the buffalo or the bison. Have, have you seen their intro? It's a, uh, when they come into the field, bro, it's dope, bro. They got like a, a, a like a behemoth of an animal, like just running wild on the field, bro. It's pretty cool, bro. bro I'm not the biggest cool. college football fan to begin with, so you really gonna have to like. It's really gonna be hard for me to watch a Colorado game. Bro, so what <laughs> other what other league can you see a white guy dressed up as an Indian riding a horse and throws a flaming spear into the middle of field bro that is that's you can only do that in college football bro like yeah that's true maybe i need to watch now <laughs> who are you going for nobody i just want to see uh this guy come out on his horse and put this flaming <laughs> stick in the field <laughs> i heard it was cool <laughs> florida state bro florida state watch the next florida state game bro gotcha. anyway so uh anyway back to the uh, lavisca chanel and his awesomeness he's only owned in 9.4 percent of leagues which is not ridiculous because he's a rookie for jacksonville so it's understandable and uh, he finished with uh, three receptions on four targets for 37 yards with one touchdown. He also carried the ball for 10 yards. Just in two rushes, that's just like like displays his versatility as an athlete because he, he's an athlete. And I believe according to PFF, they had him, his, his NFL comparison was not a wide receiver. It was a running back by the likes of Saquon Barkley. So, yeah, that, uh, he's a monster in open field. He, he's a freak of nature in open field, man. It's awesome. So, uh, not lined up outside as well as in the slot and in the backfield. And he also got some carries at a, as a Wildcat quarterback. Um, well, let me let that, take that back. I ain't going to say he got some carries as a Wildcat quarterback. He lined up as a quarterback in the Wildcat uh, formation. Uh, his numbers didn't pop out, but he did gain uh, 264 yards on Sunday. What? Hold on. That got to be a misprint. Yeah, that's a misprint. Disregard that uh, fan side. I didn't mean to mislead you on that one. But uh, no, that sounds about right. He, he, oh, oh, my bad, my bad. I said that. Definitely. He didn't. The Jaguars. Didn't. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah. Disregard my disregard. The Jaguars only had 264 yards of uh, offense, and he had 17% of those. So, yeah, he, he, he's a dynamic rookie. And trust me, if he stays healthy, which was one of his concerns coming out of college, he's going to be one of those rookies a lot like Calvin Ridley. Even though he's going to be on, like, on the Jacksonville Jaguars team, he, he's still – he's dynamic, man. Like, Leonard Fournette's not there. Uh, they got Everybody's on IR. Yeah, everybody's either got COVID or on IR for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, DJ Shark is the only other playmaker on that team. Exactly. I think uh, White well, D.D. Westbrook got uh, – was a healthy scratch yesterday? Boy, has he fell from grace. Jesus yeah. Christ. He was, was definitely so one of my it. sleepers. Yeah, he was one of my sleepers last year too, man. Hey, we're not fortune okay. tellers. If we were, we wouldn't be doing this right now. We would be in Vegas. Just, you know, classic analyst line. (laughs) Classic (laughs) analyst line. I've been waiting forever to use that. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, definitely like Chanel, man. Um, I'm very interested to see his usage going forward. Um, This is just like a kind of just a taste of what he can do, man. Um, So as he gets more acclimated to the NFL game speed, as he gets more worked into the game plan, I definitely think that he could be one of those – just high upside players that can win you a week just from one play, man. He's super explosive. So definitely like uh, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, moving on to our last receiver that you should be targeting. Uh, this is more for shallower leagues. Um, this guy is Robbie Anderson, wide receiver for the Panthers. He's owned in almost 50% of leagues. So just maybe want to just check your waiver wire just to see if anybody was sleeping on him. But um he finished yesterday with eight targets, six catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Currently the wide receiver five of the week. Um, so he was second on the team in targets behind DJ Moore, and he did display a connection with Bridgewater. Most of his damage came on a 75-yard play, but the volume combined with his ability makes him an attractive start next game. Definitely, um, you know, agree with that. Um you know, what thing that kind of uh, surprised me was they were all kind of targeted the same amount of times, him, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson. A, a lot of people were thinking Robbie Anderson was kind of like well, that was a waste of acquisition because they have Curtis Samuel already. But, you know, he has that connection with the coach. They, I think they played – he coached him in Temple. So, um long as he's healthy, man, I, I always thought that he was more than a field stretcher. So, like I said, he is only um, – it is 50% that he's on, so he might not be available, but you definitely want to look out for him, especially in shallow leagues. I agree. He did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing out there in, uh, in Jacksonville. With, not Jacksonville, I think. Out there uh, with the New York Jets under Adam Gase. And uh, he, he continued to perform, and uh, he, he had a big play. That had, I believe, it gave Carolina the lead late in the fourth quarter, that 75-yard so. touchdown. I believe so. Yeah, but he uh, – yeah, so he still shows the wheels, um, and he's and to your point, he's more than just a, a, a down the field stretcher. He can he can play wide receiver, maybe not yeah. like the best of them, but he's he's pretty solid, man. He's a solid wide receiver. I will say his usage, just everybody's usage out there, is kind of concerning for DJ Moore. You know, a lot of people are expecting him to take that next step this year. Um, but if they're a team that passes the ball around and spreads it out and doesn't really like force feed to DJ Moore which, you know, he's capable of, of commanding that volume. But if they don't do that, then may have to pump the brakes on DJ Moore. Um, but, you know, like I said in the beginning, I've been saying all shows, one week. Just one week. So you just want to keep in mind, uh, okay. just keep an eye out on it going forward. 
Moving on to running backs. DJ? Stupid. What you got, man? Um, so we're going to start with James Robinson. He's owned in 20 uh, – running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, he's owned in 29.1% of leagues. Finished with a uh, week one snap count of 34. I'm not sure how many they had total. But I do know that he was the only player in the whole league yesterday to handle 100% of his team's carries. So that is great news. I was kind of off of him this week because I expected them to get blown out by the Colts. That didn't happen. Game script kind of favored him. So he he got the rock, and he looked really good doing it. Like, he didn't look like a scat back or anything like that. He looked like he, 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 looked like he can take control of the backfield, you know what I mean? So – um. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't know if uh if anybody watched the was it last week's episode, but uh, I, I mentioned James Robinson saying that uh he was a bona fide running back coming out of FCS and that he could tote the carry the workload for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the absence of Leonard Fournette, um, you know, average twenty three carries by uh, hundred twenty three yards per game. You know, because you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars they have Chris Thompson as their primary uh pass catching back, right? He only had he only ran one less passing route than Chris Thompson. Yeah, definitely, man. But you know, it was I think that's more of them not being behind the game. Like they were in that game the whole time. So you look for Chris Thompson to come on the field when they're in negative game script. That didn't happen yesterday. And it might not happen that much this year, man. Like they Gardner Minshew literally might ruin their tanking plans, bro, because that didn't look like a team that was trying to tank yesterday. Exactly. And he knows. He, he, he's a millennial. He knows. He, he uses social media. He yeah. knows that everybody is expecting them to not win a game this year and get Trevor Lawrence. And he's like, no, fuck that. I'm here right now, and I'm about to ball out, bro. And he got that swag, too, bro. Like he, just, he just got the swag, bro. Like, that Bud Light commercial, was it Bud Light? It was one of them beer commercials. He's like, nobody want to pick me in the first round. No, I have it in me. Set the show, <laughs> like bro, that shit was hilarious, bro. Definitely, be you, man. Like he drinks tons of Bud Light. Exactly, yeah, he does. <laughs> but definitely, but definitely, James Robinson needs to be owned in all leagues, man. Like we said, he's only owning twenty nine percent of leagues. So definitely yeah. want to target him as your uh, as a running back off the waiver wire. Next guy, yeah, we got. he had two. Yeah, he, he had two explosive runs too of uh, ten post yards. So he's not just like like a fucking three yards in a cloud of dust type running back, like. He, he, can, yeah. he can break them off on you, man. But uh, enough of James Smokey Robinson. We're going to move on to uh, the Army Swiss Mike. And uh, Naeem Hines, he's owned in 34.2% of leagues. He finished week one with a snap count of 39 snaps. Uh, that's three at slot wide receiver and four at uh, wide receiver. I like just him being out wide formation, not being in the background as a traditional uh, – not background, but – Backfield as a traditional running back. Uh, he had seven carries for 28 yards, one touchdown, at uh, four, four yards per carry with um, 3.43 yards after contact. He had one explosive run over 10 yards. Uh, going to the receiving side of his game, he had eight targets with eight receptions, efficient as fuck. One touchdown with zero drops, man. And, uh, you know, like 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 what Lowe's, what you alluded to earlier in the show with uh, – with the recent news of Marlon Mack being placed on IR, we can expect Hines and, and Taylor to split the workload for the remainder of the season. And uh, Hines being the primary catching, uh, pass catching back. Definitely agree with with him, man. Like, 
Like I said, that was one of the games I watched yesterday. And I literally that first carry, I think, no, it was the second carry he got. Like I got, I jumped out of my seat, bro. I was like, Oh shit. To realize that it was not Jonathan Taylor. It was Naeem Hines that carried the ball. And I'm like, you know, I was kind of salty at first cause I'm a Taylor owner in our redraft league, but yeah. I had to like take a step back. Like, okay. He actually looks good out there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you got to be objective <laughs> yeah. as an analyst, man. And that's what I'm trying to do. And he did, bro. He looked great. And we know that he's a pass catching specialist. So right. um, he's going to get the targets. And he's, you know, he's going to get those, you know, four to five maybe carries too. So as long as he gets that that 10 to 15 opportunity range, man, I think he definitely can provide, uh, can provide weekly flex value. Um, we're mentioning him, mentioning him uh, second, but I believe it's him and – the guy I'm going to talk about next as the top two running back targets I will, I will look at. But definitely uh, want to prioritize Naeem Hines on your team, getting getting him on your team. Um, Go ahead and get into your number two, bro. Yeah, so my number two guy is Malcolm Brown, running back for the Rams. So coming into this week, um, McVay did confirm that it was going to be a three-way committee. Um you know, so we were advising people to sit all running backs until we saw what played out. A lot of people thought Akers, including myself, Akers was going to, you know, be the best looking running back out there. But let me tell you, I was wrong, and I think a lot of other people were wrong also. Michael Brown definitely looked like the best running back. And I don't, you know, if you remember last year, he had a great game. He scored two touchdowns, but he had like 10 more opportunities in his game, and I believe he played way more snaps in this game. So, as of now, Michael Brown might just be the one A in that in that backfield. Um, so just to just to give off some stats, he's only owning eight percent of leagues, so that's crazy. Um, he finished with a week one snap count of forty four, I believe. Uh, Cam Akers had like in, was in a twenty range. Yeah, he had eighteen carries for seventy nine yards, two touchdowns, four four point four yards per carry. Um. In the receiving games, he had four targets, three receptions, and 31 yards. So, like we said, it does appear to be a legit RBBC, but I don't think Brown is going to give up his job easily to Akers, man, because if you looked at that game last night, Brown clearly looked like the superior running back. And it just it just sucks, man, because – well, it sucks for Akers owners because, like, y'all – and just Rams fans, period, because y'all invested two second-round picks in a row, like, on running backs. And to have Michael Brown come out here and look that good, it just tells me that y'all really don't know what y'all doing. But nonetheless, Michael Brown needs to be owned in all leagues. All leagues, man. It's not even a debate to me, man. Because if he does hold on to that 1A job, man, he's going to be valuable, man. So, definitely love. I I think me personally, you know, I've always been a fan of the guys between the tackles. Like, you know, like I know that, you know, pass catching backs, uh, you know, targets are worth more than a rush. But I just want that guy that, that's going to be able to carry the rock 18 times a game and, you know, get his yard, get get his value like that. So, me personally, I like Malcolm Brown as my number one uh, waiver wire ad this week. Right. Me, uh, me too. I mean, granted, this, uh, this list is not in any particular order. We're just throwing some names out there that some names that you might overlook. Trying to get these these sexier names or these uh, these uh these other players that that these other shows could be talking about. We're just trying to throw some names out there and uh more to add more onto Malcolm Brown. He had two point one seven yards after contact, so he wasn't going down after the first hit, which is uh, also good. You know, uh, he lined up in the slot eight times, two times out wide, 
And speaking of uh, out snapping Akers and Henderson, he played 16. He had 16 third down snaps compared to one of Henderson and Akers combined. They only had one snap. Well, we're not combined. If it was combined, it'd be two because they each had one third down snap each. But nonetheless, Brown saw a ton of work. He played on 16 third down snaps. And then he had two rushes inside the five and converted both of them for touchdown. So, like, to your point, Los, like you said, you like those guys in between the tackle. We also like those guys that can punch it in on the goal line. Like, yes. it's right there. We don't need to break off these 40-yard touchdown runs. Like, no, bro. If the ball's inside the five-yard line, I need you to get big and get that ball across that line. You know, that's that's what we want. Touchdown the King in fantasy, and we need him. And he, he got two of them, you know. So pick him up, people. Stop tripping. Definitely. Definitely want to get him in. Like like you said, he has all the makings of a free workhorse coming off the waiver wire. So free. Definitely want to prioritize him, man. Um, last running back. Last running back. Who you got? Last running back? Uh, man, I got uh, I got some notables. I got some notables for you. So one you had mentioned earlier is Jamal Adams with Frank Gore Brent, the ancient Frank Gore. I'm talking about the legend. The myth. Frank Gore is still on the roster. I don't know why he's still on the roster. I don't I guess, I guess Adam Gates loves him some Frank Gore, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, with him still on the roster and Le, uh, Le'Veon Bell dealing with a soft tissue injury, you can see Jamal Adams coming in and getting some tick. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna BS you. Like I don't have any stats on him, but if you look at him when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles from last year. He was a service for running, uh, running, uh, running back. You can plug him in, but be mindful. I believe they're playing. They have a very, very tough matchup week two. Man, there's no, no jokes. They got San the 49ers, bro. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. San Fran. <laughs> like, yeah, he didn't really didn't, do anything. Put him on the list. Yeah, he he didn't really do anything when Le'Veon Bell. I'm not sure when Le'Veon Bell what quarter that was that he got injured, but he didn't really do anything when he did come in. But you know, you can never have too many running backs in fantasy so you know you want to get as many of these guys that have the opportunity in front of them and josh adam is definitely one of those guys another one i will add is uh miles gaskins um you know a lot of people were wondering like is it going to be jordan howard is going to be matt brita i think you know uh gabe had brita as his sleeper pick of the year it wasn't any of those guys it was miles gaskins um and this is a guy who was on in only one percent of leagues and he was the leading snap Lead, led the team in snap counts from the running back position and had nine carries, 40 yards, uh, four targets for 26 yards. So not only was he out there the most, he was used the most. You know, sometimes they might just, you know, if he was the best blocker, he might have been out there the most. No, he, they were using him the most. He didn't get all – he didn't get no carries inside the five-yard line. But this is a, you know, this is a – I guess this is an RBBC. This is another one of those RBBCs. Um, not going to get you a lot of opportunities inside the five anyway. So, um, definitely want to keep an eye out on Miles Gaskins because, um, like I just said, can never have too many running backs. Um, moving up to the tight ends, finishing up with the tight ends. We're going to go through these two. One, on, one more, bro. One more notable. And I think this should be easy. Joshua Kelly of the Los Angeles. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. If you saw, the, if you saw the matchup, if you saw the game, he looked exceptionally well, bro. 
He looks yes. really good. He's he like a nice compliment to Austin Eckler. Like he should have been on this list, and I didn't think of that <laughs> until after I made this because I I figured like he played in the midday game, so everybody should saw it. But hey, pick him up, people. Pick him up. Yeah, people. definitely. I'm definitely blaming you because he was definitely on my list, and I didn't even think about Joshua Kelly till just now. Like we were wondering who's going to be that number two behind Eckler, Justin Jackson, or uh, Joshua Kelly. I believe Justin Jackson was the second running back out there. But once they saw Joshua Kelly, it was just a wrap. Like, he definitely looked like the best back out there. He had 12 carries for 60 yards. Um, believe he got a goal line carry also. So, he's going to be in that Melvin Gordon role from last year. So, definitely, I take that back. It's a hard decision now between Malcolm Brown and Joshua Kelly. Yep. Probably Malcolm Brown. Probably Malcolm Brown because he's going to get more carries. But, nonetheless, he's going to get carried. Joshua Kelly, it's- like – Malcolm Brown's on a better offense. I, I yeah. would say that. He's on a much better offense. So, giving more opportunities in the red zone score. But Joshua Kelly, hey, when they got inside the, the – what, let's say inside the 10, he touched the ball at least about three, four times Yeah, in my recollection, yeah. you know, from what I can remember. I don't have he just looked – like like I say, he just looked better, like, than yeah. Justin Jackson did. So, Dude, can definitely you, can want – can you envision him actually starting over Eckler? I mean, Eckler still no. gonna get his his. No, I mean he's still gonna get his snaps. I'm talking about starting the game, just like in the initial first snap of the offense. You can't. You don't see that? I don't think it's gonna happen, bro. It can happen. They just pay Eckler, and they gave him 19 carries yesterday. So like Ginobili coming off the bench, man. Like you yeah, can, you can I, I understand. I understand it. Uh, not not in the near future anyway. Like if that if he really does break out, then maybe next year or something, or maybe down the line this year it could happen. But I still think Exler's the guy out there. But you know, we know he's not a guy that's going to be able to get a lot of carries throughout the year. So even with him being the guy, that Joshua Kelly still is going to have weekly vec- uh, flex value because he's going to get a lot of the rushes between the tackle. And um, just and just in case you were wondering, don't look for any of these guys except Naheem Hines on the League of Legends redraft league because I already have all, all of them. <laughs> I don't have to prioritize uh, uh, Joshua Kelly or Michael Brown because I already own them. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. So just to quickly go through the tight ends, man, you know, the tight ends are gross every year. I think I was talking to you yesterday, man, about how, man, we always have these sleeper tight ends, bro, that we're all excited about during the offseason. And then, you know, the, the – the week one comes and we're just like punched in the mouth. Like, no, if you don't have one of the top three options, do not invest a high pick in any other tight end. Just wait till your last <laughs> round and then get a tight end. Cause you're just, just wait throwing on shit at a board. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just a body, bro. Just sorry for anybody. Close so- your eyes and get one. Sorry for if there are any like tight ends that are listening, but yeah. So Greg Olson is my first one. He's only owning 8.9% of the league. Um, he had a week one snap count of 41. Four targets, four receptions, 24 yards, and a touchdown. So not too much, but we know that Russell Wilson loves to target his tight ends, especially in the red zone. So um, if you're playing the streaming game at tight end, uh, Greg Olson could definitely be a good pickup, you know, given the matchup. Yeah, and uh, so I'll go uh, to Will Disley, Trooper, Navar. Uh, Will Disley only had nine routes compared to Olson's 24. So- oh, boy. Major, he may still be working back from injury. We don't know. We just had to wait and see on that. Right, sorry for the delay. Next up, we got O.J. Howard of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the former first-round pick out of – what was O.J. Howard? Was Alabama? Alabama. Anyway, he's owned in, uh, 4.9% of leagues. Uh, he finished week one with a snap count of 37. That's a 
with the 23 snaps coming in line. That's on the line of scrimmage. 11 in the slot and three out wide. Uh, his targets were six with four receptions, 36 yards, one touch, one touchdown, no drops, which is always a good thing. He had a uh, nine yards per reception with zero yak. So I'm guessing he just caught it and fell like, immediately. And uh, when targeted, he had uh, Tom Brady had a passer rating of 122.2. And the good thing about uh, about OJ Howard and why he's on this list, even all the hype surrounding Gronk uh, when he came into Tampa this year in 2020. Gronk had 54 snaps. Now, like, don't let that deter you with him having 54 snaps because the majority of that was just blocking, you know. And, and Howard had 37 snaps. But Gronk only had two more passing routes than Howard. So, clearly, uh, O.J. Howard is, is your pass-catching tight end down there. And uh, Gronk is just a, a big early motherfucker that's going to be blocking other big motherfuckers. So, yeah, he looked pretty old out there at Gronk yesterday. So. Dude, he ran his hardest to get two yards, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> he still needs to get back in football shape because you can do all the training you want in the offseason, bro, but when you take a year off of football and don't have a preseason, like, you're going to look slower than everybody else. Who, who did I tell that? Who did I tell that he was not in football shape? Bruce Heron said he was out of shape. Uh, I like, think it was me, but it's okay. i'll be wrong it's okay (laughs) all right so the last tight end i got man is jimmy graham another old tight end but uh this guy wasn't out of football for a year so he looked pretty good i would say like yesterday only owned in 10 percent of leagues um he had six targets three receptions 25 yards and a touchdown and he ran 31 routes i'm not sure how many routes like how many passing plays they had but he ran 31 routes so he is going to be out there a lot and, you know, they don't have anybody else that's tight end out there. I know they drafted a tight end um, in the draft, but they signed Jimmy Graham afterwards, I want to say. So, you know, he's the trusted guy. He was getting a lot of positive reports out of camp. Nobody believed it really, including me. And I might still not believe it, to be honest. Like, just <laughs> nothing, nothing against uh, Jimmy Graham, but it's just like, bro, this <laughs> like, is very hard to get excited about tight ends. Ew. But, yeah, bro, if you are streaming – and he does have – if he does have a positive matchup going forward, bro, I think he can be a dependable option that you can use in your tight end position. Anything See, to add on the that? The Bears have the Giants at home. Yeah, they, they, the Bears have the Giants at home uh, week two. Um, so, like, we'll have to see what the Giants do tonight on defense when it comes to guarding uh, tight ends. Who's a good tight end for the uh, for the Steelers? Is it uh, Vance McDonald? Is he still there? Ebron. Ebron. Lance McDonald's still there, but uh, Ebron's ooh, the guy. It should be the guy. Right, let's, let's see what Ebum's uh, a bump. Let's see what Ebum's a bump. Ebum's a But anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, back to Jimmy Graham. Uh, he was like pretty much the only receiving option in the tight end room for the for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he finished the day tied for second most targets on the team. Six. So, uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna look at their uh they're gonna look at the real Jimmy G. Uh, mm-hmm. See if the old man still has it, you know. Yeah. Hopefully he can uh get those Saints stays, which I highly doubt it. But you know, you never know. You never know, man. Two touchdowns, man. That that'll go a long way for a tight end, bro. Exactly. Like you know, unless you're talking about Kittle, Kelsey, um, Andrews, like you really only expect you want you want fifty yards and a touchdown. Give me fifty yards and a touchdown, and I will be completely satisfied with you. Jimmy Graham has the ability to do that, so he should be on your radar. I was just talking shit earlier. He definitely should be on your radar. 
Nah, no bullshit, man. Throw the whole position group away, bro. Like, yeah. Just make it wide receiver slash tight end. Exactly, bro. But until that happens, we're going to keep talking about tight ends. And we're going to keep giving you, you know, we're going to find the needles in a haystack. And we're going to give you the guys that deserve to be on your roster, man. Without further ado, I think that ends our first ever waiver wire show, man. Um, this week, I know Gabe is going to be in class this week, so he's not going to be able to record. I have a really busy week coming up, so we may might not be able to record. Don't hold me to that, and you know something might change. But just um, be on the lookout for some articles that we will have drop in to kind of compensate for us not recording a lot this week. Um, but besides that, man, that's all I got. Um, just hope. Oh, and something I didn't mention in the beginning, man. If you needed a Monday Night Miracle tonight, good luck unless you're playing me. Um, <laughs> that's all I got, man. You got anything else? Ah, right, man, we out of here, man. All right, man. Well, class is out of session. <laughs> See y'all next time. Peace. Yeah.